I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The lads almost brought the hope back. Almost. We have plenty of stuff to talk about tonight. Everton. Man City, we nearly had it, nearly. James Hunter from the Evening Chronicle is here, uh, totally injury-free now, James. Yes, yeah, getting that way now. I thought you was, had a, an extra spring in your step as you were waltzing down the corridor there. Uh, an extra limp. <laughs> are, you play, are you playing football still, though? Uh, no, I am currently uh, on are you, hiatus are you after psychologically that. psychologically damaged? <laughs> Just, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the knee's not 100%. Okay, Martin McFadden, editor from Love Supreme, is here also. Are your hopes built back up again from last night, Martin, or...? I was still in realistic territory. Well, I'm, I'm not going to claim we're going to beat the drop, but um, I spoke to a Man City fan today and I said, well, you beat us in the cup final, so we've made you lose the league, so that's what you get. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> well, you, you, yeah. the thing is, with the order, you, you've got to wonder if other teams are going to drop points if, if Man City can do it against the side at the bottom of the table at home, don't you? But that's not. we'll not talk about that. We'll not go down that road. Gareth Barker is here with myself, Stephen Goldsmith, as always. Right, try and talk about Everton and Man City collectively... To an extent, because um, it's not often we get to talk about good performances, so we might as well might as well try and milk it. I think, Gareth, um, is the task the size of the task highlighted by the fact that we should have had four points from these two games, um, and, and had we taken that four points, we would still be playing catch up, wouldn't we? So mm. that just highlights it a little bit, doesn't it? But it, it's nice to to just acknowledge the players putting a performance in, I suppose. It is, but. You know, it could have been six points, really. I mean, with the opportunities that were against Everton. Mm. Uh, well, you know, you, Everton cleared if off the it, line. Yeah, if, if anybody scored first in that game, they were going to win it, weren't they? Yeah, probably. Um, and, uh, as it, as it has been so often in that game, it kind of was. Uh, everyone was saying the Everton game was a microcosm of our season, and then everyone's saying the Man City game was a kind of microcosm of our season. Mm-hmm. I think the Man City game was a bit more extreme, and it's uh, you know, in its example, but. You know, it, it just um, but it was a, the Man City game was a lot closer to how we looked in sort of around January time, didn't it? It's probably the best we've played all season. That first half, I probably as a, aside from uh, Newcastle first half away from home, I thought they were best team. You know, the best team on the park um, ahead of its side who were challenging for the for the Premier League. Um, yeah, it's just it's just unusual that they managed to do it against Man City. They seem to have them sussed in. You know that's maybe why, in some respect, we shouldn't be getting too carried away because they've, they've shown over the years that you know they can play against Man City no matter who the players or the manager have been. So it's a strange one. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I don't want to put too much of a downer on it because it was two good performances. Mm, we're not but, going to try and remain positive. But I like I was saying to you off off mic there before about the the analogy there with the players. Yeah, I was going to ask you to use yeah, that analogy. Like, Go on, it was a good one. It's wasn't like it? a you know an X girlfriend keeps texting you you know who uh, is a bit mental or whatever and you, you know you, you are tempted but We've all got you've, got to remind, you've got to remind them that uh, you've got to remind yourself that you can't get drawn back in because it'll just end badly and Sunderland kind of did that last night with the you know temp- giving you the idea that they are quite good sometimes 
but you can't get clouded by the fact that the reason why we've, we're in the position we are is because they haven't played like that you know, often enough and the likelihood is that in the next two games they might play like that again but they're not going to play like that twice are they? They're not going to play like that till the end of the season because they just haven't Well that's the thing Martin isn't it? I mean how, where, where are you with it? Because we see, people seem to fluctuate between they aren't good enough or the attitude's wrong and but you know the the performance reflects that sort of split opinion every week, week in, week out, doesn't it? Because we'll see the the way they played against Man City and to an extent against Everton, and you think you know they're a good side, like they look like a good side in the cup run, and then they'll play against somebody near the bottom, and they, and they just look like they're not interested. Can anybody put the finger on that? I think it's driving Gus Crackers evidently, isn't it? Yeah, well, I suppose it's and up us. To, it's up to him to to resolve it, and not us. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean. A little over a month ago, everyone thought we were a great side uh, after the cup final or running up to the cup final. Um, but we seem to do better against good teams. But at the same time, we didn't win, did we? You know? Well, that's the thing. So, yeah. like, we were kind of one we're, point we're talking about some games, kind of like yeah. renaissance, uh, you know, where we haven't like still won a game for ages and we're still bottom of the league and we're still going down. Unfortunately, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so sorry, <laughs> I was listening to the Smiths on the way. In, you know? <laughs> but it's um, it's frustrating, though, James. Isn't it? The, the kind of um, give us a little bit of hope again like before the game last, prior to the game last night I was having a conversation I can't remember who it was with to be honest and I was saying the last result just a strange yeah, in the street yeah <laughs> probably probably um, I was thinking I was saying the last result we need is a draw because a win would have given you sort of genuine hope yeah. that we can stay up a loss we were all expecting and you just think put us out of our misery and a point's kind of like it's a bit awkward now. We're thinking, oh God, no, because we've got that little bit of hope, and it's probably it's going to be extinguished at some point, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's a strange situation to find yourself in because um, with uh, prior to to the Manchester City game uh, being seven points adrift, um, you were thinking, well, that's it. The Sutherland are as, as good as gone. Um, you knew that one win could uh, could give you a, a flicker of hope, but where does a draw leave you really? And where does a draw leave Manchester City? I mean, um, in actual fact, they probably slit each other's throats uh, last night. Um, I mean, Sunderland are six points from from safety with a game in hand, and Man City are six points from from the top of the Premier League with a game in hand. They're both in as, as bad a situation as each other. Obviously, one's staring downwards and the other one's looking upwards, but. Um, you know the, the situation that, that they find themselves in now, Sunderland. Um, uh, you've now you've, uh, they've still got that nagging chance, and that's what's so, so agonising about it. Exactly, you, think to, yeah. you think to yourself with that last week with games against um, Cardiff and West Brom and Swansea still to come. You think if 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 yeah, maybe exactly, maybe yeah, maybe yeah, exactly. If you go into that, your crackers, doesn't it? If you go into that last week um, within reach of mm. a club, you know within six or seven, well within within six points of uh, of a club, you've still got that chance. Um, uh, we've said all along this season that um, that it's likely to go right to the end, and it, and and it could still do that. It could still be the very last game before the the faint mathematical hope is extinguished or otherwise. I mean, there is that situation. I mean, it's six points now with Norwich's fixtures and stuff like that. Mm. And if the result, if you know, we've got Cardiff and Chelsea, say we beat. I think Fulham's yeah. fixture running looks all right, though, for them, yeah. doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying, though, say, you know, they're still behind, say, still playing catch up. So just say something happened, like, you know, there's, there, there is a possibility that you could be going into your West Brom game in hand that we have got on. We've still got one game in hand on a lot of the teams above us, remember. So, you know, going into that game. There, there is a possibility that say you could be beat Cardiff, you could be three points behind somebody just above you, 
and then that point does mean something, you know, because the yeah. goal difference comes into it, and ours is better than a few teams down there. Yeah. So they could be in a situation where they know that a win will take them level with somebody, and then it, in, as a result of the goal difference, take it above. So that point, the point will could, could prove to be vital if it keeps if it keeps us up. At the <laughs> moment, it feels like mm. it's it was like you say it was it's either win or bust. Make them more organising because yeah. it well, push us closer, it? but not quite close enough, isn't it? I think we're such like an annoying team that we'd probably, <laughs> we'd probably be better off playing like really good teams in the last week of the season, you know. Yeah. Well, um, Man City would be glad to say the back. Well, we kind of have, though. Yeah, we've kind of defined each other's seasons, haven't we? Mm. There can't be many. There can't be many teams that would, uh, you know, that, that must think in relation to Man City. You know, can we play you every week? Yeah. But Sunderland, Sunderland are one of them. Mm. I mean, Sunderland have taken four points from Manchester City this season. Mm. You know, um, you know, probably aside from Newcastle, I bet that's I bet that's as many points as they've taken off anybody. Yeah, um, when the, when they won the league, we, we were the only team that didn't beat. Yeah, uh, I, mean, Etihad, yeah. I mean, they took. I mean, they beat us. Five one year, didn't they? At their place and three nil last year. But aside from that, I mean, it was a late equal, well, two late equalisers, three three, and, three, three. Yeah, and then we had a late equaliser last night. It could yeah. have been looking at two wins at the Etihad and yeah. four wins at home in the last uh, yeah. in the last few seasons. You know, it's it's crazy, really. Okay. Yeah. When you look at the teams, I mean, you look at the players that Man City have, have got to call, and you know, it, you know, it should be a it should be a, a a walkover when you when you think about it, but it's, it just goes to show, doesn't it, why why the games, you know, the games the way it is and why, why everybody loves it because mm. uh, it doesn't doesn't go with form. I mean, look at Palace beating Chelsea the other week, and you know, and Everton look, last night, yeah, and Everton <laughs> last night. It just goes to show. I mean, we're all looking at Norwich and saying they've got a horrendous running, and you look at that fixture list and you think I can't see them getting another mm. point here, but with those kind of results you just don't know and they had that result they actually drew nil nil with Man City home and beat yeah. Tottenham on nil didn't they so you just yeah. don't know sides at the bottom I always pull these out of the bag I'm just worried that we've pulled those out of the bag and only managed to get a point from that well, really well, really. that's like sort yeah. of looked at it while it was still in the bag and then decided <laughs> yeah. to put it back in the bag raising it, raising it out yeah. 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 Put it back kind, of the, kind of the weird thing is that when you look back across the season I mean there was a stage you know when Gus Poyet first came where, uh, where Sunderland looked dead and buried you know they were so far adrift and then uh, Sunderland gave themselves a chance and it looked to be Palace that were the ones that were dead and buried and they've mm. got out of it and are now effectively safe um, and then Fulham looked dead and buried and um, and and now that they've given themselves a fighting chance, and the same with Cardiff, the problem is it's a bit like it's a bit like a game of pass the parcel. Who, who's going to be down at the bottom when the music stops? And unfortunately, the, the mm. music the music's uh, fading out, mm. and Sunderland mm. are down at the bottom. If, if there was another five games more still to go, you'd say, well, maybe Sunderland could pull this off. That's but. an interesting point, Martin, isn't it? Because it's kind of you, you, we're wondering we're in a situation where we're wondering, right? Did 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 the players sort of play better when they had that cup fan the cup final players to play for and they've plateaued to a bad level now or is Gus sort of just having having a wobble like all clubs near the bottom <laughs> of the league have a wobble at some point the <coughs> only difference is of course with us is because of the start we had we can't really claw that back and as Jim said we've run out we've run out of games really to sort of do anything about it haven't we yeah I think one of the disadvantages we've got is is like technically like literally technically from a football point of view our best players are alone players <clears throat> and they don't seem to be bothering their arse as much since the cup final. Um, Barini's kind of like dipped his form massively. Keegan just disappear completely. Um, and then he and then he stuck with like the likes of Altador for ages, and then and then ostracised him twice. So it's kind of like a different story every week, you know. And then obviously Conor Wickham's flavour of the month at the minute, or flavour of the week. Um, of the deer, <laughs> <laughs> but he keeps getting formed out and then brought straight back in. You know, it's it's and then and then dropped. So it's uh, I think with I think with Poyet he still doesn't really know who his best players are and but at the same time he can't rely upon 
on, upon so many players. You know, like Wes Brown, you'd say he's like a great defender, but he's he's sending us off and he's and his errors have <clears throat> have like cost us like massively. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think if you look through the team, I mean, you were talking about Manoni on the on the way in. You know, um, my old man doesn't rate him, but you know, I, I don't take anything <laughs> anything from that. <laughs> but at the, but at the same time. Um, if you look at some of the errors that he's made, you know, so obviously last night being the perfect example, you think, well, how good how good is he? I think I think we, we've we've chopped and changed so much, um, managerial and players wise. It's just a, it's a little bit confusing for everybody, and and obviously including the manager. What you were saying about the the fact that they don't need the manager doesn't know what his best team is. I mean, you know, we've been watching this squad for three years, and pro- we could, probably couldn't put a, be- a good a best team out well, because some, you just don't know what you're going to get. We, from them. we speak about a lot of the. the sp- Particularly in the the central midfield area, we yeah. call it the revolving door yeah. scenario, don't we? Because a player yeah. comes in, plays well for two games, and then reverts to type, doesn't he? And then, and then, you then look the next one comes in, you think he's the one, he's the one, play him, and then it's just a, it's just all it boils down to is none of them really have the consistency to sustain that mm. high level of performance over the season. Jack Rooney last night, yeah, prime example. Jack Rooney in, in Wickham, you know, you'd sort of say, well, if they can do that. Why haven't they featured more? But then, when how many games have they just completely been anonymous? You know, I mean, is, is, it, is, it, is it a point yet then to sort of get more out of Jack Arena then? Because I don't think his pedigree's in doubt, is it? I mean, he's he's an Italy international still. He looked good when he first came. He looked very good in the the short spell. Kevin Ball was here, and we've sort of you know, sort of longed for him to play more than he has, and he's sort of disappointed recently, but. The contribution last night shows that it, there's a player in there, isn't it? You don't play for Juventus if you're a mug, do you? You mm. know they won Serie A title last year. You don't play for Juventus if you're not a good technical footballer. And you know uh, he arrived at Sunderland with with genuine ambitions of going to the World Cup. You know that that may now you know I not, think he not still happen. Play, no, I think he still plays. I think, well, I think, yeah, he's well, in the he's, squad, isn't whether he? Whether he he's makes the final, yeah. pretty important for the. Uh, for the national side, mm-hmm. though, isn't he? I mean, I think he still so plays, you can't argue with the guy's yeah. pedigree exactly, and his quality. Yeah. You know, it's just a question of, of how do you play him in a system in the Premier League well, because that Bar- gets the best Bar- out. Yeah, but Rainey's took that sort of left-hand side yeah. role, hasn't he? I He's mean, uh, just you know, from from what uh, Martin was saying a second ago, I, I agree to an extent with the lone players, um, particularly Key's dipped since the the cup final. But I think the one player that hasn't dipped so much has been uh, Fabio Barini who in the last two games where we're talking about Sunderland playing well performing well uh, I think he's he's played his heart out really um, he, he, right, does, he hasn't he scored does, but he's end products like he, he makes yeah. he makes a lot of bad decisions he's mm. got he's got the quality but yeah. I don't know what he's got between his ears but he, well, I think, but, but I think he, he looks the most threatening player you, you oh, know mm. uh, mm. Um, I thought, I thought the thing is, he's, 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 he's no, sort of going through his learning process yeah. while he's here. That's why Liverpool yeah. sent him out on loan, haven't they? So it's yeah. sort of he can iron out all these little mistakes, and of course, <coughs> yeah. we, we're going to see the, the worst think, and best of them. You know, the most disappointing thing about Barini, I think, was the you know he was back in for the West Ham game, and it was you know obviously because he missed the Liverpool game, and everyone was like, oh great, we've got Barini back, and he was that's probably the worst he's played for about yeah. four months, and. He, you know, he does work hard. You know, you can't dispute that. But he has, he has been out, of, out of touch slightly in the last month yeah. or so. But it's like Alonso as well. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt in his quality. But like, it's a bit, you know, like if you compare it with say Danny Rose, they're both great going forward. But how good a defender mm. are, are they actually? You know, that's true. Every time I, every time I see Alonso do something good, it's in the final yeah. third attacking, not the final third defensively. He, he's, <coughs> he's guaranteed to be. Done two or three times in every game, no matter El who. Muhammad the, had his life, didn't he? Yeah, he's no matter who. Of, the, uh, he's picking up a lot of bookings yeah. through, just kind of like getting back too late. And but I think if you if he did play 
the five at the back with <clears throat> with like full back wing backs like that um, it, w- it would suit his system but he obviously hasn't got anybody play at right back in that position I think uh, actually credit to Virginia last night I know he's sort of out the firing line slightly because he wasn't playing in the, in, you know, in the, th- in the thick of things in the middle of the defence but you know the thing about Virginia that you can't doubt is he has got good technique and yeah. I think he looked quite good he was trying to get forward when he when he could um, and he, he seemed to enjoy it and I, I didn't know it's actually the late in the second half just noticed little things and there was a a moment where I think it was Aguero and passed him down the outside in the box and he pulled his leg in Yeah. and recently he's been doing stuff where he'll leave his leg in and he'll trip people and he's you know like against Liverpool Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be a world beat or anything like that, but he's, you know, sometimes t- people take time to settle, and he's le- mm. he's shown there that he's he's learning. There was he's probably learning. probably James a lot of prejudgment last night as well when this, people looked at the team sheet and saw Virginia at right back. Yeah, um, but there he, were a few he's, sh- yeah, yeah, of yeah, head yeah, in the press exactly. room when the but team he, was announced. He kind yeah. of got he got through it, as Gareth says, possibly because he's out the firing line in somewhere. Um, you know, Man City don't have a sort of chalk on your boot winger. Well, they do, but they didn't play one. Last night, I think you know what I think. Um, he's Navas is a difference for them. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. like, I really think he's their game changer because he's a, every everything with Man City is through the middle and compact exactly. and neat passes around the box with him. If if you if you need a second option, you just what you it's know. A different outlet. It's a different yeah. outlet, isn't it? But, but you have got you have got you know in Man City you have got Kolarov and Zabaleta mm-hmm, who yeah. are very very attack minded fullbacks and and I thought that Virginia did well against uh, Kolarov. Mm-hmm. I think is it is it fair to say sort of a compliment I got pain is that imagine if you were a neutral watching that game then you probably wouldn't have noticed him a lot and that's kind of a, a, yeah. a, a decent compliment a decent compliment that on because in previous games especially ones that's been on Sky he's been getting berated by opposition fans saying yeah. you know and and journalists saying you know how yeah. bad he is really so yeah. I think that that's his credit isn't it that he just sort of he yeah. got through the game didn't he yeah he got through the game fine he was playing in an unfamiliar position uh, but you didn't stand out for you weren't expecting him to stand out as being a world beater but the fact that you didn't look out of place and like a fish out of water I think that was you know that that, that was uh, you know very good on his part I know, I know he's that. certainly been given like loads of chances hasn't he so like Poyet must sort of seize things in training that um, <clears throat> you know you said before we've seen these players play for three years and stuff but obviously he sees them like a lot more, um, <clears throat> so he, he, he certainly must rate them. Hmm. I think as well. You look at it for, for for Saturday as well, and you know I know Bardsley's back, but and he's going in the summer. Virginia, there's probably regardless of what division we're in, there's more chance of Virginia staying. Um, would he be tempted to play Virginia at right back? Just because he's going to be here and Barnsley well, we isn't. It's an interesting one. We we, <coughs> will, we will have that debate when we when we speak to our Chelsea guy about what team they're going to play, and we'll maybe make a decision on that. I want to quickly before we move on to that, I'll just mention a few individual performances. Uh, before we do that, though, James, I want to know from you because obviously uh, I wasn't at a game. I watched it. I st- watched it on stream, but um, <laughs> allegedly. But um, <laughs> did you allegedly watch it? Yeah, did you yeah, watch yeah. it or didn't you? No, I allegedly watched it. Um, <laughs> I heard you watched I, it. Yeah. I'm interested to know exactly what happened with the shape of the side once Jackarini and Scott all came on because obviously Wickham was still on the pitch. Yeah. So w- w- what was the situation? Where was Scott all playing? Where was Jackarini playing? How did it all fit? Um, well. It, it, I mean, he he didn't radically change change the shape of of the team. Skocko came on and was playing sort of almost just behind um, Wickham. Uh, Jackarini um, went out 
uh, was given kind of a kind of a free role really. But at that stage, um, Sunderland were, were very much chasing the game. You know, they, they, were, they were losing and and had to had to come up with a um, you know had to come up with a with a goal threat. Um, so that he kind of threw on two very attack minded players mm-hmm. and, uh, and and was really leaving them to their own devices. There was no specific. Um, it's it's kind of hard to place them within that within that system that that he originally started the game with. I mean, one thing that has been shown to my mind is that um, this four one four one system is is the best one for the current group of players. I agree. I um, agree. Because the three the, the five three two or the three five two, whatever you want to call it, um, hasn't hasn't proved effective. It did okay against Liverpool, um, uh, but. You know, in, in the subsequent two games against West Ham mm. and Spurs, it didn't work out. I agree, hundred well. percent. I think it's like a black mark on sort of Gus's <coughs> Gus's um, last few games, really, and one you might look back and regret. Gareth will disagree oh, probably because he on likes s- he likes <laughs> that formation, yeah. but, but we, on, we're well, not going to debate too no. much about that again. On, uh, on Scott, we'll do, like because uh, I, I say I, I I allegedly watched the match as well, um, but you know, I thought Scott would look sharper. He looked. Because he looked like a few times he's looked like he's got lead in his boots, but mm. he, he was just a bit sort of slicker over the turf, yeah. and he sort definitely of had, had a bit like of swagger. Fitness. He's had fitness issues, yeah. hasn't he? And it's yeah. gradually, <coughs> it's gradually coming together as the seasons. But that on. was, I mean, <laughs> as good as the the Jackarini ball in was. Yeah, I mean that that's an excellent reverse pass into yeah. Jackarini. I mean that that's good, yeah. great vision and quality there. You know, it's not a kind of ball like you'll see you play around mm-hmm. the box for Sunderland. Very playing. quick as well. Yeah. He got the ball out of his feet very quickly and done it. Nice, he didn't nice sort move. of. He didn't I know it's unfashionable to say, to say so, but I think that that Scocko's a, a, a good player and, and will come good for Sunderland. I think the big problem is that uh, um, he wasn't what they needed to Mid-time. buy in January. They yeah. needed they needed to buy someone that would score Maybe goals. Maybe the right sign at the wrong and time. Hit, hit the ground, hit the ground running. I think he'll turn out to be a good signing. Um, Do you I think he'll stay? Like. Um, well, he's he's signed signed a contract, <coughs> so um, you know he's a permanent. I think permanent he was part addition. of a long term. Um, yeah. I think uh, he'll, he'll certainly um, he'll certainly start the season with Sunderland. Now, if Sunderland don't look like they're going anywhere near promotion, what will happen then? I just don't know Who how knows. many players have got to run into the contract that they've got to release close if close if we if we go down. I'm as sure. As far as I know, so far as so far as I know, no one's got a release clause, but everybody's got this the wage reduction. The forty yeah, yeah, percent exactly, which um, is an extra. So so suppose. so what then? That means is that, that those of them that think they're good enough to play in the Premier League, um, <laughs> you know, will want to leave and and get back to the land of. Hundred percent wages rather than sixty percent. Ir- there's irony in that um, somewhere, isn't it? It's yeah, kind of laughable um, in a way. Good luck whoever picks and, them yeah. up. And, and you know, some of them, um, one or two of them, may well be genuine targets for Premier Premier League clubs, perhaps. Craig um, Garn and West Brom. <laughs> I mean, Scott, but, Scott, won't, but, uh, Scott think, won't be a target for anyone. No, 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 no. But um, but Scott, if I if I can, you know, drop a name here. I, I spoke to Julio Arca about um, about uh, Scott and and he he's convinced that he will turn out to be a good signing well, we got told initially didn't we by yeah. Ed, Ed was it Ed Malian Ed yeah. Malian from yeah. the Mirror yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens next season I think um, you know it's, <coughs> it's probably like I said possibly uh, the right time uh, right like, signing at the wrong time you, do, you see he has got you look at him he has got a little bit of quality about him and his touch Yeah, but like you say it's just yeah, you've got to like a bit like Jatterini <coughs> you know if yeah. sometimes your body you know isn't right for, for the game but yeah. you know yeah, the other thing is about like players coming and going. It was Poyet who said that Colback and Bardsley would be away, but F- uh, Ferguson also said that like Rooney was leaving Man U um, like not so long ago, and he's still there. And it, it makes you wonder whether <clears throat> I mean Bardsley was going to leave last summer if he hadn't got injured. 
with all these players out of contract, I think it really depends what offers they get and in what league we're in as well. I do think Colback will leave, but I'm not too sure about Bardsley because I mean, how many like how many clubs are going to be in for him? Mm, well, he's been linked with a few, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I'd be ha- I'd be happy for both of them to stay. To be to be honest, I think you know. I mean, there's an argument that Bardsley sort of owes Sunderland and Poyet in particular, you know, for for. Showing faith in him again. It's a difficult one, really, though, isn't it? Because I can understand how um, you, you know how Gus has, has, has said that, that they'll that they'll leave because the contract negotiations have broken down. Um, uh, Could be just playing hardball. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm I, I'm under the impression that it's more to do uh, in Phil Barsley's case with length of contract rather than anything else. Um, but it's uh, it's a case of you know the club didn't want to commit to these players um, a few months ago. Um, when the status was hanging in the balance so it's a bit much to now ask the players to commit to the club when mm. we kind of know what's going to happen do you know what it, I mean I, I feel that you know the, by changing the players round you know signing 14 players and then <clears throat> 12 players if you if you keep going back we're signing a new team every year that's kind of got us in the situation yeah. that, we're, that we're in and like fair enough collectively we're not good enough but it's 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 also possibly because we're chopping and changing the team because there's so many players there to keep happy and I think they do need to keep a hardcore, presuming that they go down, they do need to keep a hardcore of players that are good enough to perform in the championship and not bring a hold. You need some sort of spine, mm. don't you? Yeah, other- otherwise it'll take us until Christmas to, yeah. to bet yeah. everyone yeah. in, you know? Yeah. Even if it's for the first season and then you, you go about replacing yeah. them slowly, yeah. I don't mind them uh, signing a whole new team in the summer as long as it's a good one. <laughs> but even if it was a good one, it would take... Well, I mean, obviously it would help actually having mm-hmm. a proper pre-season this time. Yes, um, I think that will be a test. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first time in our history we haven't had it, but obviously we didn't need it according to... No, no, it didn't. <laughs> fittest it ever been. He knew, though. Paolo knew. Can't, knew don't knew question was, Paolo. He knew he was mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Chelsea game. Okay, we're joined by David from Chelsea Fancast, who's going to help us preview this game. I uh, get straight in it with you, David. I think before we um, start talking about team selections and the like, our result against Man City was that good? Was that good for you in a way? Then <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, has I it not scared you a bit? <laughs> Sorry, has it not scared you a bit though? Well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, look, to, to deal with the Man City first, I mean, that was just perfect. I mean, I, I really, in my wildest dreams, didn't expect Sunderland to uh, to get a result up at City. I, I thought that, uh, you know, possibly the Palace game or the Everton game might be the game that uh, got us back in it, you know, because uh, hitherto, um, even if we won all of our games, if City won all of theirs, we wouldn't win the league. So I'm absolutely delighted with you lads for doing that, but you're not allowed to do anything decent against us on Saturday. Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the other yeah. side of it, isn't it? Is it, is it sort of planted a little seed now, perhaps? Well, I didn't see the game, sadly, but I did see the two goals that Wickham scored, and they were cracking goals. Mm-hmm. No two ways about it. So, And the other thing is, of course, I mean, you already turned us over in the League Cup, so uh, we can't, we, you know, we can't take Sunderland lightly at all because they're clearly, you know, they can, they can, if they can put in a performance like they did against City, then they can do that against us. How's your season been in Holland? If you do you want to sort of summarise it for us, with Mourinho back there, as it sort of went went as planned, or were you hoping, well, hoping for maybe one of the domestic trophies in the bag or something by now? Well, the thing is, lads, is that you know, the the, the season. 
for us was really defined right at the beginning by the fact that we appointed Jose Mourinho, which was the best thing that could happen to every single Chelsea supporter, particularly having to endure... Uh, I, well, I know you, I can't swear on this programme, so I'll just have to call him the fat Spanish waiter. <laughs> you know, after last year, you know, having Jose back was just like the absolute tonic that we needed. But I think, you know, having Jose back and knowing what we've been trying to go through for the last few years, which is some sort of a transition... Most Chelsea supporters would have been happy to see a transition under the good management of Jose and certainly, you know, get into the top four because, you know, I, I know we all don't like it if we're, we're old school football fans, but actually it is important because it actually means that you can go and buy even better players if you're playing in the Champions League and so on and so on. So, you know, we would have been happy with that and maybe a couple. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, but there was no, unusually for Chelsea supporters in recent years, there was no kind of, we have to win the league. We have to do well in the Champions League. We have to win a cup. I think people's expectations were, were much lower than they normally are. So to see what he's done in the short time you know that he's been here is just phenomenal. I mean, I'd say that, that Jose and the team have way exceeded our expectations. You know, to be in another Champions League semi-final, and and also to know that if we win our next four games, we'll win the league. I mean, that's just beyond our wildest dreams this year. It really has been. I've seen it take him a while to sort of find his best players and settle settle down to a certain system, didn't it? But it's certainly. You you were still there or thereabouts while he was doing that. So like the when you're going through the whole teething process. So it's just finally starting to kick in. Maybe as the season's running out. Well, I tell you what. I mean, that is part of Jose's genius. You know that he can still be there or thereabouts whilst he's changing things. But I think there are, there are probably two defining moments of this season. And actually, funnily enough, they kind of go hand in hand. But the first one was uh, was signing Nemanja uh, Matic who is a hell of a player and, and, and has plugged a hole that, that was gaping up till then. And then secondly, when we beat City away, I think that, you know, that match was the turning point of the season because I think it, you know, it kind of gave the players the belief that, blimey, this, this man really does know what he's talking about and he can help us to win stuff. Mm. You know, and I think that's given them the belief to go on and actually, if, you know, if you look at the results and the performances before then and you look at them afterwards, that, that was clearly for me the turning point. Yeah, funny enough, I was, it's, it's Martin here, I was talking to a City fan last night and he was saying that 
losing against Chelsea in that game was the, was the was the point where they started losing their bottle. So mm. it's interesting you should say that. And it made them look vulnerable, didn't it? I mean, we yeah. were the first team to go up there and beat them at uh, their own ground. And 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 I, I and you know, Sid, I think as you guys found out the other night, uh, their defence is vulnerable. You, you know, you can get at them. You know, they are not unbeatable. And I think you're, you're right. I think we did a lot for everybody else by going up there and winning as well. Do you feel that you can go to Liverpool and beat them? I do, for the same reason. Uh, you know, we've got a hell of an experienced manager. We've got some old war horses in the team who have been there and done it before. And, I mean, in spite of what the Scousers might tell you, you know, we've, we've gone up there a few times and turned, turned them over when it really, really matters. Uh, not, not. Uh, I mean, most recently the 2009 season when we did the double, mm. and uh, you know, thank you very much, Steve and Gerald, for the back pass. You know, so <laughs> you know, a lot of the players are still in that team, and and I think that they'll go up there with a lot of confidence. And the other thing about Liverpool is that their defence is, is 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 pretty suspect as well. So even though we can't, you know, we're, we're not massively free scoring, I can still see us, you know, getting a result up there. Well, Sunderland for for them for them all for them not being that great. Uh, we uh, we actually went to Goodison Park and won this year, and that's the only game Everton have lost at home in something like four hundred years. But sim- <laughs> sim- similarly at Chelsea under Mourinho, you've got that ridiculous home record yeah. as well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean he, he he's not lost a league game at Stamford Bridge, which is just quite <laughs> remarkable. Uh, Whoopee! Which I think <laughs> a league game, you know. I know. Yeah. I mean, what was, what was the one that he, uh, the famous? It was, the, it was when West he lost Brom, against Charlton in the in the, in no, the no, cup no. or something. And he said the penalties don't count. But I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you know, so I, the, the thing is this: is that I, I have probably more confidence in us going to Liverpool and getting a result than I do of us, you know, uh, getting a result in the other games. Because actually, you know, the games where we seem to have struggled this year are when we've tried to break down teams that have parked the bus and we've just not found a way through them mm. and then we've kind of got a bit desperate or sloppy and they've hit us on the break and, and given us a sucker punch. I mean, the Villa game's a classic example. You know, so I'm kind of more worried about the other three games, not the one against Liverpool, weirdly. I was just talking about that sort of off mic before right before we started the programme was that, you know, that, that that's what I was saying about Chelsea, kind of watch them and kind of get the impression that they do sort of struggle to, to break those teams down and it's it's funny kind of I sort of look at Chelsea they kind of play obviously they're far better than Sunderland but they kind of play in <laughs> really? a similar no, in a similar way like that Man City game we talked about it and we actually referenced it on the podcast because I was saying that's kind of the way that we would play under Poyet if we had these the, the players that you've got obviously would be mm. far better but at home it's the same it's like the play teams around us we just can't break them down no matter what we do and I know obviously Chelsea kind of managed to eke that one goal out like you saw against Swansea at the yeah. weekend you know they managed to get that one because they've got that quality but obviously we haven't got that but I think it'll be I, I sort of fancied us after the Everton game maybe lose on lose last night as it, as it turned out we did. See didn't. what I'm worried about you seeing this and then go to Chelsea and get last, something last time you said this you said our fanciest goal there you know was before Tottenham when we got done 5-1 so that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't fill me with uh, with great confidence but um, how are you expecting the side to line up tomorrow David? Uh, well it'll be interesting to see who starts up front um, you know like yourselves you know we're, we're not uh, you know our, our forward line is not particularly free scoring although you know, dare to Denver. You never know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, the interesting thing is because we were talking about. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Swansea game on the podcast that we do uh, this week, and uh, you know, the feeling amongst the lads was that you know he, he'd, he'd earned the right to start. You know, he scored that goal in the Champions League against uh, PSG, so he'd actually earned the right to start. I mean, Eto was still. You know, I, I don't think he was fully fit. 
So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Denver start, uh, you know, on Saturday. But having said that, I think if Eto's fit, I think Mourinho may well choose him because he likes to play Eto at home and he doesn't really like to play Eto away. So it'll be it'll be very interesting to see who starts. Uh, and, you know, having said that, you never know. He might start with Torres. I mean, it's, it's a peculiar situation we've got with the strikers this season, so you really never know what's going to happen. Obviously, we're going to miss Hazard, because we always do. I, I felt that we, we missed him against Swansea, certainly in the crea- creativity. And Salah, I think, is a, is a very good prospect, but he's not there yet. I thought he looked he's incredibly pacey, uh, and, and he's got quite a lot of skill, but blimey, he missed about 10 mm-hmm. chances on, on, on the, in the game against Swansea. So... That's a worry. So it'll be interesting to see, really, who he starts with up front, I think. That's the main thing for that. And I, and I do see Salah coming in for Hazard. I don't see much options there. I mean, Hazard was Hazard was the difference, wasn't he, at the stadium earlier in the season? That 4-3, yeah. Hazard was, mm. was, I mean, he sort of had a sort of relatively quiet season up until then, and then he came to Sunderland and got himself back into form, which tends to be, you know... It's often the case. Often yeah. the case, yeah, <laughs> so... Uh, he's a hell of a player, he really is. And, he, and he, I mean, you know, he, he's responsible for, for a lot of our goals and most of our, you know, most of the chances that we create. So, you know, he is a big miss, uh, even though we try to pretend that he isn't. Uh, so that's always a worry. Um, you know, Salah, I, I can't believe Salah can have another game where he misses 10 chances. Mm. So, you know, and he, he, he uh, has improved. I mean, the, the two or three appearances he's made this season, he seems to get better and better the more confidence. Uh, the more confident he seems to be and the more happy he seems to be playing for Chelsea. So, you know, maybe he'll do something on Saturday. But I think the key thing, really, is, is who plays up front. Because I mean, you know, we've got to score. We've got to, I mean, we've now, we've now got to win every game, four games. If we don't do that, we're not going to win the title. So we've got to score goals. I was going to say, I was going to say David, do you think, I mean, Jose Mourinho is well known for, for his sort of attention to detail and planning in advance. Um, do you think um, uh, with the Champions League game, Next next week as well. Do you think that um, Sutherland's result against Manchester City might actually change change his mind a little bit because uh, um, he he may have chosen to rest a few players on Saturday ahead of the Champions League game and now with with the title possibly coming back on the horizon again he might not do so. I, I think you're absolutely spot on, and I, and I would have I would have said you know if, if you hadn't have uh, got your result last night I would have said mm, you know. He knows that he's not really in our hands, so maybe he'll prioritise the Champions League and he may well rest a few players with one eye on, on, on the game next week. But uh, if, if he's now got, I mean, he's got a sniff of the Premier League, I can't see, I can't see him resting players now. And actually, to be fair, uh, if you look at, look at the, the, you know, the, the teams that he's selected this season, he, he, he doesn't rotate very much at all. Yeah. You know, he, he knows the Premiership well enough to know that you can't take any game lightly. You know, so he, he tends to stick with the same pl- group of players unless it's tactical or, or unless yeah. there's a, a forced injury. So, I I suspect he will choose a pretty strong squad yeah. uh, for Saturday. And then, of course, you've got to bear in mind that um, you know I think I think Ramirez is uh, I think he might still be uh, um, uh, banned from having too many yellows. I could be wrong, yeah. but I mean certainly Matic won't be playing against uh, Atletico next week. Yeah. So, but I mean, I can't, I can't see him resting matters. He's too yeah. good a player. Yeah, I think I think he'll show some of them respect. I, I want to ask, what sort of response do you think uh, Gus Poyet will get um, back at Stamford Bridge? Do you think he'll get a good good welcome? Is he still well regarded in those parts? Well, uh, it's a really interesting thing. It's very, I, I'd say it's pretty split. I mean, I don't have a problem with Gus myself, but I know a lot of Chelsea fans who absolutely hate him. They call him a Judas because he kissed the badge at, when he went to Tottenham. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of Chelsea supporters remember that. They hate. I mean, you know, Tottenham are for us what Newcastle is for you. Yeah. So 
So, you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of Chelsea supporters who really can't stand him. Um, my understanding is that he, he was pretty much forced out of uh, Chelsea by Ranieri. So yeah. I've got a little bit more sympathy. But uh, I, I think, you know, a combination of the Spurs issue plus the fact that his comments uh, last night about Luis Suarez will have yeah. hurt the Chelsea supporters somewhat. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a pretty naff reception, to be honest. Right. I want to know what the lads in the studio think about Sonnen's team selection then. James, what was evident again the other night, and I, and I hate saying it because I absolutely love Lee Catamol. Yeah. I love the way he doesn't hide in games. He seems to know what it's all about, what's required of him, and it doesn't matter how many mistakes he makes, he goes and seeks for the ball, doesn't he? And he never lets his yeah. head drop. However, that deep line midfield role, he's 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 given too many goals away, isn't he? You, you can't. That's not sustainable at Premier League level, is it? He's been I mean, caught, he's been caught championship level next he? year, even. It's, it's, it's he's been caught a few times there, and it was very <coughs> evident last night that Manchester City um, set out with the idea that as soon as he had the ball, they would press him straight away. As you would do, wouldn't you? Um, and yeah. it worked for them right from right off the bat. Uh, later in the game, they carried on doing the same, but obviously he'd, he'd heeded the warning and got rid on, on a few occasions uh, when he did get put under pressure. Um, but yeah, it's something that he has to, to be aware of. I think he, he's quite good in that position, but he does tend to get caught in possession, mm-hmm. um, and, and that obviously uh, negates... The rest of the the mm. good att- attributes of of his game well, playing we keep, there. We keep seeing it, Gareth Dummer. He's 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 sort of almost outstanding in, in some games mm. in that position. But then when he does make that one mistake, if it's causing a goal directly, yeah. it, it yeah. needs to be addressed, doesn't it? Yeah, I just think you know the, he's on the ball so much for us, and it's just a, it's a trial and error thing in it. But um, we don't want. But gonna, when we yeah. see when we see Key or Brid Cup player there, we don't see we don't see those goals. No, no, we don't. But. He's not a ball player, is he? No. You know what I mean, I think like, even though you're a massive fan of him, and uh, you know, I've been saying for six years, well, he's never scored a goal. He has now. Um, so <laughs> fair, so fair play to him. But um, goal machine, <laughs> exactly. You know, we've got the t-shirt. Yeah, I was just about to say, is that you've got a plug your t-shirt there, man? We had it designed about four years ago. Just being, just being ready to activate it, you know. Um, it was a great finish, but it was also an open goal. So it was a bit of a strange goal, wasn't it? But, but like you sort of said in your summary about him, it was all sort of. Um, glowing and everything, but mm-hmm. it, you know the bottom line is that <clears throat> he's he's not he's not good enough on the ball. You know, just watch the replay of the Aston Villa game at home. And that was then the you, first, wasn't you, it? You, you, you lose that game. He hasn't got the he hasn't got the quality. I don't. I think he'll do very well in the Championship for us next season. I don't think it'll be either. I don't think many Premiership teams so will be yeah, queuing yeah. up to again, buy him. Just just before we come back to David as well, I want to know what people think now. Then about we we talk in football about momentum and. And keeping sort of sides, winning sides or drawing drawing sides, which is good enough for us at the moment. <laughs> so does he sort of stick with the same side, or does he stick with the side once the two subs came on? Who, let's be honest, Jack Arini set up two goals directly when he came on, but he hasn't been producing it consistently enough. It's a bit of a dilemma for him, but for a change, it's a bit of a nice dilemma for him, James. Uh, it is, yeah. I don't think he'll play a drastically different team um, to the one that he that he fielded um, at the Etihad. I mean, he made two changes last night um, in that game. Um, obviously, uh, um, Seb Larson came in for Key. Key still ruled out, so um, uh, so I'm not likely to see any change there. Obviously, Phil Bardsley as well. Similar situation, uh, Virginia at right back. I think, um, th- like you say, with the two subs, Scocco and Jacarini came on and made a big impact. 
Um, but whether he would start with them, I'm not so sure. Because that starting lineup he did go yeah. with did work uh, mm-hmm. and was effective. Okay, it didn't get get the goals, but um, <clears throat> it could easily have done so. Um, so, so I don't think there's anything too much wrong with that starting lineup. No, Good keep, first half. I would just keep. Yeah, keep and then, it. And then, and then, and then he's, he's safe from the knowledge he's got the well, impact subs. Well, on that's the bench. it. That's yeah, what he was exactly. trying to do with John. That's what he tried to do with Johnson recently. Obviously, and he, t- he had to take Johnson out to be create that opportunities and it has to have an impact player on the bench because you know because certain players hadn't done it and now you look at it and uh, you know Jack Reaney and Scott will put themselves in the frame to say well you know we pro hands up and we can give you 20 minutes half an hour if you need it so yeah. it's, it's a good option to have and I don't think you should I wouldn't bring Bardsley back in I wouldn't bring whoever back in I'd keep exactly the same yeah. 11 because I felt as though that was probably over 90 minutes our best performance of the season and I think they deserve to retain the place no more chopping and changing let's you know give the lads an opportunity to have another go I think he'll probably bring Bardsley back in because he's more reliable but um, this is, we wanted to mention the, the safe standing road show at Stamford Bridge this weekend um, can you tell us anything about that? Uh, well yeah I mean we, we've been uh Talking to John Darch, who, who runs the Safe Standing campaign uh, with the Football Supporters Federation for a long, long, long time, and uh, we've been uh, we've been doing a survey as well of our own, uh, you know of our own supporters through the Supporters Trust, uh, which I'm on the board of, uh, and we've been doing that for about two or three months now, actually, because basically we're beginning to realise that if this is going to get anywhere, and I, and I know you guys have a, a massive issue um, with standing, don't you? At, uh, yeah. Well, in one particular end, yeah. Yeah, and, and and the stewards are pretty pretty you know draconian in, in trying to stop it, and it's all about reducing capacity, blah blah blah. Well, you know we have a a kind of a mixed issue at Stamford Bridge. Um, you know they tend to clamp down on it. Um, you know, in very randomly. You know, some matches they'll just let us go for it, and on other matches they'll they'll really get very nasty and and ban people and the rest of it. And one thing that irks us is that. Whilst they're clamping down on us for standing, they never ever clamp down on the away fans. Which you know, and, and as you well know, it's in the modern game, particularly with the bigger clubs, it's harder and harder and harder to generate any sort of an atmosphere. Mm. So we need all the help that we can get, and, and we we believe firmly that safe standing is the answer to that because the, the rail seats uh, are fantastic. It's been proven in Germany, you know, clubs like Dortmund that they work really really well. They're perfectly safe, and and it makes a big difference to the atmosphere. So, cutting a long story short, John is coming down with a, I, mean, I think it's basically a, a, a rack of rail seats so people can actually test them out and see what they're like, stand in them, see how comfortable they are when you can, you know, bring the seat down, which you can do. Uh, but other than that, it's just a great, it's a great opportunity for people to come along, you know, supporters to come and have a, have a go at what a, a safe standing rail seat is all about. So we encourage any of your guys that are around, come down and see us. It's uh, it's going to be just by the CFC UK stall, which is opposite the uh, main entrance to Fulham Broadway tube station. Yes, I saw that. Uh, I was over in Germany and didn't manage to get to a game because I couldn't get a ticket, but went to the old uh, the Olympic Stadium in Munich, and obviously you can have a wander around in there, and they had all the rail seating, and you kind of go down and you wonder, like, why why don't... I mean, the option should, should be there, and... Mm. Fascinating the way it's going to develop, isn't yeah. it? I think it's something everybody's going to keep an eye on, right, David? Before you get going, can we just get a score prediction from you? From me? Yeah. Oh, 
line. Be as honest. Be as honest as you like. We, uh, always, we always say that to the guests. Uh, having supported Chelsea, uh, you know, in the days when I, I will refrain from swearing, we weren't very good. Um, I'm, I'm eternally, uh, you know, pessimistic. So mm-hmm. I, I will. I will say we'll probably squeak a one nil from a from a dodgy penalty or something. <laughs> but having said that, I've seen a few matches when we've played Sunderland when we've absolutely cuffed you. So I'd, I'd be much happier if it was a five nil or something. But <laughs> I suspect the reality will be nearer to my one nil prediction. We're going to get one from everyone in here, then. Might as well. Oh. Just for consistency purposes. I'm going to say a good point. I just I fancy there us to go. get oh, something. That we're going to lose now. Yeah. Gareth fancies us. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be 5 <laughs> 1. It's going to be 5 1, yeah. Um, James? Uh, well, I, I think, you know, while, I, while I'd love Sunderland to, to go out and, and cause another upset, you have to say that, that Chelsea are going to be the overwhelming favourites, and I would say 3 1. Martin to Sunderland. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'd, I'll, I'll, I'll settle, settle for, for that. I'll settle for a nil-nil draw right right now. Mm, I think we're going to revert straight back to type and get a good eye and three 0 or something like that. Um, this is Sunderland after all. Okay, we'll finish with the question of the week, which I'm sure if you follow us on Twitter. You're aware because we've we've been building it up for a week and a half now. Tickets, um, posh tickets for the Cardiff game. Uh, I'll hand posh, you over posh tickets. Posh tickets. Well, that's an easy. It's a, that's simplifying things, isn't it? That's how you know people relate to that, can't they? Posh tickets. What's oh, the posh seats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll hand it over to Gareth, and he yeah. can take over from here on in. So if you if you want a bit more explanation about what the prize was, rather than just saying posh, posh tickets, tickets, that's what um, people understand. Yeah, uh, the the the, tic- the the question of the week is sponsored by TF Shipping Limited, and they provided um, two tickets for the Cardiff City game um, on Sunday twenty seventh at twelve o'clock. So you want to get there early for your food, which comes in there with the tickets, and there's a bit of wine on the table and that and stuff like that. So yeah, it should be should be a, a nice prize for them to take the edge off the uh, you know impending doom. <laughs> so um, so yeah, the question was. Uh, was it if you could ship something from Africa using TF Shipping Limited to aid Sunderland war- Wars? What would it be and why? Um, <coughs> so I, this is the the answers were varied. There were some answers in there that were like a bit sort of similar. So I've taken the first the first choices um, or the first people who sent them in. Sorry. So I, um, <coughs> the first answer from James Pope, um, Nigerian president. Good luck, Jonathan. I think it'd be good for the people of Nigeria. I think it would be good for us. And did you know? I found this out after googling because I wanted to find out who it was. Um, his wife's called Patience. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, bring them two over, and they can come <laughs> to the stadium. Patience and good luck. Uh, Graham Rooney. Uh, I know a guy in Uganda has ten billion to invest. He says we only need forty grand between us. Um, Johnny Kimmett uh, bring over a West African witch doctor to perform juju on our remaining opponents uh, Michael Artley said uh, a lion let loose in the away dressing room 10 minutes before kick off we still uh, get beat yeah Barry Wallace said I'm using TF Ship Limited I'd bring over 11 keen Zambian footballers ex- in exchange for our first team uh, Tony Armstrong Zambia said Zambia got a good national I don't team I don't think it matters at this juncture <laughs> um, Tony Armstrong said he'd ship over the Springboks a rugby team to show some players the strength required to win games uh, Michael Scott uh, said he'd get that Nigerian prince that keeps emailing him and asking him where his inheritance is he said he gave him his bank details I'm not sure if that was why Stephen after that phone call last night you, I'm worried that you might have been scammed um, 
Darren, Darren, just Darren, there's more than one Darren on Twitter, I'm sure. So, you know, if you win, then uh, I'll find out the more in detailed at name. But uh, two elephants to sit in goal, a gazelle to sprint down the wing, and a giraffe to get on the end of crosses. In search of Cabral, said I'd use TF Shipping Limited to ship over a cheetah to show how score what pace actually looks like. Uh, Paul King said, uh, Asante Kotoko FC, because they've got to be better than us. Um, Pete660 said, uh, Saf Karosh. As they got more heart and soul than our bunch of wimps will ever have. Maybe a bit harsh after the last couple of games, but you know, as we mentioned earlier, we've been there before. And I think TF Ship actually sponsors Safkaro, so uh, yeah. Philip said, uh, Lion King, ca- King cast from the West End of Africa. Two of entertainment, decent chanting, eating, drinking the seats. Uh, Anthony Miller, some golden diamonds to buy some world class players. Uh, Mark Triggs said he'd, buy, he'd bring Mohammed bin Hammam. So we need some honesty and good PR around the soul right now. Um, Jordan Harrington, Asimov Jan, Stefan Sessignon and John Mentor because they can actually play football quite well. Uh, Joe Broly said a voodoo witch doctor. Every time an opposition player comes within 20 yards of a goal, stab the, do- stab the doll's legs. <laughs> Bit uh, violent, but you know, with extreme measures. Uh, David Bell said he'd use a TF Ship Limited to ship a container full of umbongo. Because nothing age was like on Bongo, and they drink it in the Congo. Uh, JR said 500 zebras for the away end. Our players do best in front of confused brain things and black and white stripes. <laughs> uh, reduce allocation for the zebras, 500. Um, Neil uh, said uh, the work rate of the Egyptian slaves who construct the pyramids and sphinxes needed a donk astro away. Uh, Carl Robinson, a witch doctor again, to diagnose and cure the problem with the club that Poya has been going on about. Uh, Red and White 1879 said uh, bring Alfred and Dye's family have a team of and Dye's as mam in net uh, little brother up top Howie and Dye that's just a blatant attempt <laughs> to get to win because I know yeah, how much yeah, you yeah, love and Dye that one's getting scratched out straight yeah. away and Michael Cowell the final one said he'd get uh, TF Shipman Limited to ship over some alligator's teeth because apparently they're a big lucky charm in Africa and they were the answers has anybody got any uh, answers a, themselves a, or anyone got a uh, one no, themselves I haven't done first. an answer because we'll, you know, I, I didn't want to take the prize off somebody so <laughs> you didn't didn't your, your lasses was good like I can't remember what it was though well, it could have been that good <laughs> if it didn't make the list no I think it was a two no well actually she said well she can't win Stephen <laughs> you know she can't win she said uh, I think it was like Virginia like a, 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 an Egypt, ancient Egyptian tomb to put in a Virginian until the end of the season <laughs> So a bit harsh after his performance last night again as well. It's but kind of a difficult question actually. I can't, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one. Bit of a tricky one, I think. Come, you know, what to bring off from Africa? Ebola virus. What? Ebola virus. Was that yours? Was that your prepared using? answer? No, no. Um, or you said you had prepared answers. I do. Um, police, the t- police machine. The team, police machine from Nigeria, who. Uh, were involved in a match fixing scandal. Um, they won. I think they. We don't they need scandal here. No, I think we, we I can't remember that. the other team, but police machine, and there was another team, and I think something like this one team needed to win by, like needed to win a game, and uh, I think they were three nil up at half time or something, and then they were about seven. I think they won about seventy eight nil, and I think they, I think the police machine won their game afterwards, something like eighty two nil. Um, I think it was a. It's a Nigerian fourth division right. playoff. They're or a team something. of five-year-olds or something. If, if you had that on Betfair, you made a killing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, but that went down. Uh, obviously, didn't go too that went down too well with the well, we uh, Nigerian authorities. Anyway. So, but it, it sounds like they've got goals in them. 
I mean, <laughs> even against a team that's letting you score, <laughs> 76 goals is a pretty impressive effort in 90 minutes. Not or bad. even in a half. That's not bad at all. I mean, you know. There must have been shooting from the kickoff, wasn't there? Yeah, I reckon they had Altidore in yeah, up right. front. Right, is any of them answers? He got two. Jump, jump out at anybody. <laughs> any of the answers there? There's a couple in my mind, but I want to say what other people say first. Well, I'm t- TF Shipman, I spoke to them today, and they gave me a favourite, so oh. once you give us yours. Oh. So you're under pressure from the No, sponsor. no, not at all. They oh, said right. we well, decide, there's two, but there's they two in my mind. Right, right, go for it then. I like the Nigerian, the one who gives his bank details, the okay. Nigerian Prince one. I like the Zebra one. Yeah, I like the Zebra one and the Umbongo one with my two choices. I was going to say the Umbongo one too. I was going to say the uh, Nigerian financial whiz, financial expert. That's two on that. Two on the Zebra. Well, zebras. I can tell yeah. you that two on the Umbongo. That's that's two, two on each other. So you know if Shippen's got one of those, then that's the Shipping had Umbongo. Oh, but I, re- I do really like that. We should toss a coin. No, I think we should toss a coin for the Umbongo and the Zebra. I think they'll put the, the Zebra ones are really clever answer. Does a live coin does a live coin toss work on radio? Yeah, <laughs> it could. Mm, you've lost <laughs> a live toss on radio. <laughs> Come on. Well, no. <laughs> Can we? Do, are we gonna? You gonna adjudicate, Seam? Do we give it to the Mbongo on votes? Well, you see, but I don't want to come across like I'm. You know, it'd be favoritism because I said I like the zebra one. But if we did, mm. did we count up the votes there? We got two votes each. Well, or? you there was two for the Ugandan. We had two each votes each there. We had two for Mbongo. There's three for Mbongo, wasn't there? How many tickets no, are up for grabs? There's two. Well, it's two tickets, so it's a pair of people. So a pair of winners. people? No, a pair. You could have two. We winners. can't. We can't give send them <laughs> onto a table of strangers on their own. That's that's not a prize. That's just a social embarrassment, isn't it? Really, that you're giving not somebody. Really, there. You should be comfortable. Go and watch something lose, and then sit awkwardly <laughs> with dinner with a load of strangers. That'll be fun. <laughs> Alright, but uh, shall we go for the, the umbongo? I think the yeah, answer's uh, fair. Yeah, because the the spot does. They've gone for it themselves. I think. Right, so the Umbongo was David Bell. Um, so congratulations, David. You have won the prize. I'm not going to say where it is again because I've said it about yeah. four times. So congratulations. We'll be in touch. If we had sound effects, we'd have the, the, the can sort we'll of do a clap. Hooray! Well done, David. Oh, if, you've so got, I, if you've got no mates, I don't want to go with you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I uh, will be in touch in the next couple of days. Um, we'll give you a chance to listen to the podcast and then find out you've won. And then that'll be a nice little treat, won't it? Mm. Right. Um, I, I am going to end things quite abruptly because because um, <laughs> we've gone on a we've bit got again. Stu- yeah, and we've got stuff that we want to do. So <laughs> <laughs> you're around. Yeah. Uh, no, Gareth from start. Okay. Right. Thanks for listening again, <laughs> and we will have a win one of these weeks to discuss. I'm sure of it. Over and out. <laughs>